0: hi everyone and welcome to this episode of ask a doula giver my name is suzanne o'brien ask a doula giver is a platform to help reduce the fear of death to help people with learning the skills on how to care for those they love at the end of life and to help heal grief. Today, we have a very special guest. I am super excited about this interview, as you will see in just a moment why. This is Lisa Danilchuk. She is an LMFT-ERYT, is an author, licensed psychotherapist, and founder of the Center for Yoga and Trauma Recovery a graduate of ucla and harvard university her work has pioneered the field of trauma informed yoga and transformed our understanding of embodiment practices in therapeutic work more than 300 providers from 25 countries have completed lisa's yoga for trauma y4t online training program the first virtual program to train providers offering yoga for trauma recovery. She serves on the board and as UN committee co-chair for the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociation, was elected the role of secretary in 2018 and was nominated president-elect in 2020. She's written for publications like Good Therapy and American Psychological Association and was named one of the top 20 inspirational yoga teachers to follow in 2016. Honored as one of Lululemon's first U.S. ambassadors, her blog has been recognized as a top 25 yoga blog. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Suzanne. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you. Um, I want to share with our listeners that we both are part of Chris Carr's Thrive group, and that's how we met. And we love Chris Carr and all of her platforms. And I want to share with you that the minute that I got into that group and was looking around, it just brought me to your page and what your work was. And I said, I cannot wait to get to know her and to see what this program is. Because as most of my listeners know that I work with end of life and there is so much trauma, um, not just with grief, but trauma that comes up at the end of life. I always, I have a saying that everything bubbles up to the surface that happened in our lives um, that has been stuck, that has not been reprocessed, that we try and make sense of. And trauma is a really big space. So thank you for being here. And I would love to start with your story on how you got into this space. I know that we've had a conversation prior to this and it's really beautiful. So if you'd be kind enough to share with our listeners, how did you get into doing this work?
1: Yes. You know, there's always so many elements to a story, but I think the nuts and bolts of it are, I was a student at UCLA, and I have to say, even when you just read the name, I'm like, go Bruins. I'm such a diehard, (laughs) it's so in my heart. Yep. Um, As a student at UCLA, I was studying psychology, um, interpersonal communication, and also teaching fitness classes and getting into yoga, taking yoga classes. My first class ever was at UCLA when I was a freshman. Uh, and so when, so it was in my, oh, I'm old enough now where I have to do this. I'm like, think about what year was when, um, my third year, fourth year in, in 2002. So right after I had studied abroad my third year and came back, um, my brother passed away really suddenly and unexpectedly. He had struggled with addiction
0: mm-hmm. when
1: I was in late high school, early college and had come out, had gone to recovery, was doing great. He was a musician. So many of you I'm sure know people who are like that really sensitive, open-hearted, beautifully creative musical. I mean, he taught himself all these instruments. He taught himself all this recording stuff. He was just like such a beautiful human being. Um, And he had been sober for three years and used once and that was it. Um, so that was my first experience with Mm. death and grief and loss in my close family. I think my grandpa had died when I was like five, but you're so young and grandparents, there's a little more of a knowledge that that's going to happen. Right. Right. You know, and in psychology, we sort of learn like our parents raise us, but so do our siblings. And that was definitely true of my brother, Matt and my older brother, Mike, who thankfully is still with us. But, you know, for me, that was just. I like to say, if your life is a puzzle and you're kind of putting the pieces together as you go, you know, you're going through school as a young person, high school and college, and you're like, this is who I am and this is what I like and this is all the little pieces and you're trying to make something that resembles anything, hopefully reflects you. It felt like someone took the puzzle pieces and put them in a blender, added some water, (laughs) stirred them up, and poured them back on the table. Like, okay, now what are you going to do? And yeah. And I just had, you know, it was like such a profound and deep reaction to that trauma and to that loss. Um, at the time I was doing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, you could probably already tell I probably all of us in our thrive program are like, excited and motivated and just want to get our hands in things um, and just everything fell away except yoga. Yoga and the work that I was doing with um, a group of young people who were living in housing developments in Watts um, in a, a certain area of Los Angeles. So it was like this is what's at the heart of it. This is what's important to me. This is what the puzzle sledge is <laughs> like. Yeah. It's yoga and it's working with these kids Um, and teaching the kids yoga because yoga was helping me so much. I found on my mat, I would just have moments of release, of relief. I always felt better after. I usually felt really shitty before, um, really sad, really um, foggy even, or um, unmotivated, um, or I don't just... I remember at this time, and there's a term in psychology called alexithymia, when there's no words for an emotion. Mm -hmm. Do I have permission to consciously swear here? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I couldn't describe it any other way than like, I just feel totally fucked. Like, I don't, I don't even have words to describe how, how this trauma has impacted me. I like, I can't get it out, but I could process it. I could get some relief in yoga. Um, So then I got super curious as my sort of intellectual brain came back online, like why was yoga? Why was yoga the thing? Yeah. And maybe if I can explain it, I can help people like these kids a little more skillfully, right? I can like give people that experience I had and really know that I'm doing it and I'm choosing all the things that are most helpful. Um, So that's a a little bit about my story. And like I said, it's, there's so many rivers and avenues we could go down.
0: Of course. course. And I think that's so beautiful. And one of the things that I think that, um, and I, and I agree with you is that there's so many places to our journey and we're always trying to make sense out of it, you know, as we grow and it's, and it's really challenging, right? This whole growing up and finding it. And then something happens that can completely wipe out what we thought was our stability and things like that um there's also something yeah so about you know your brother is such a beautiful spirit you know just when you talk about him you know what a gift he is and I think this work that you're doing is such an honor to his legacy because as you found what helped you you're helping all these people so I think like that ripple effect is so important to acknowledge now I agree with you when you find something that worked for you, that made you feel better to then go and say, okay, what is, what is happening there? That, that because I, I've, it's probably based in a lot of scientific data, the energy, the movement, is, is that correct that you found? Can you explain what is happening? I keep learning more. I mean, that's
1: like what my eight-week training program is, is like, let me lay out all the, you know, if yoga is one side of the train track and trauma theory is the other side of the train track, let me just lay out every single bar I've learned along the way that's like, that's why this works. And that's why this is helpful. And I continue to learn and, you know, I'll continue to revamp this program with more information. Absolutely. even lately, as I've been learning more, you know, biology and neuroscience stuff, I'm like, oh, I gotta add this in. Oh, I gotta add this in. Because it even more specifically describes the mechanisms in our brains and in our bodies. And I like that stuff too. And I also feel like um, just the spiritual element of yoga was really important to me. Like you just said, I just described my brother and you get this like feel, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah. I also noticed you know, when I started working more in like a, a one-on-one counseling capacity, I worked a lot with youth for a long time. So big groups. I
0: love that
1: one-on-one, but it would be like playing cards. But when I started working with people who were grieving one, I had a lot of empathy for that. Um, even if their experience was very different and two, I very much felt like, like I did with my brother, um, this like I would feel a presence when they would talk about the person they had lost and so that experience really opened me as much as I'm you know scientifically oriented I've always also been really interested in energy and spirituality and it really opened me to like <clears throat> embrace that yes use it yeah you know when you kind of feel someone there yes <laughs> to it in a session like you know what if your what if your dad were here right now what do you think he would say to you because yes. I feel him like hey <laughs> yeah. you know tell her this and you're like okay I she- love her so much and I'm yes, like, yes. tell her, you- tell her I'm, I'm fine yeah what do you think he would say I think he'd be proud of me I think he'd tell me he loves me so much
0: yeah probably right like
1: yeah. okay I'm glad we could get that out into voice um, so yeah, I think all of that stuff is infused in, in the program that I've created. And in terms of your question, like, how does it do it? It's like, I think one of the, the great things about yoga is that you can bring in all these levels. It can be very physiological, right? It can be physical. You can bring in, how am I thinking? What are my mental patterns? What's my, conditioning? Yeah. you yeah. can start to break that down and make new choices You can process emotion as it just bubbles up. You get sad, you cry, it's fine. Like leave the tears on the mat, get it out. Yeah, you gotta move it, yep. Yeah, and then it's like physical, mental, emotional. You can be creative with yoga. You can find like, what does my body wanna do? What What is my spirit calling for? You can look at energetics, like the sort of maps we have in traditional Chinese medicine or in yoga or in shiatsu, you can bring that into your practice you can bring spirituality into your practice in terms of the great unknown and what we feel and can't fully explain but i think that's one of and again of like so many yeah. <laughs> one of one of the things about yoga that made it really resonate with me at that point and made it available because i could i could say oh you know someone might be like oh well your heart rate vari- variability improves with yoga and i'd be like that's great but do I really care that much about my heart rate variability when I just lost my brother? Not that much, but do I care about the moment at the end of class where I feel so much love pulsing through my body and I just feel like he's with me? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. Yes. You know? yes.
0: <laughs> All right. There's a lot, to, a lot to unpack here. So I want to go back to the feeling of the presence of um, the people. So I want to, I want to share with you and with Our listeners, obviously, and I talk about this all the time. When somebody is at the end of life, there is a connection that I've never felt before to something so much greater and so much more profound. And many times, the people who are leaving this earth will share a perspective because I've been with a lot of people. So, my belief system is it's all based on energy. And Mm -hmm. at some point in their journey, that their physical body is dissolving and diminishing the personality, and their spiritual body is growing that they have one foot in this world and one foot in the next. Yes. So when, and and it's the most loving, beautiful energy possible now when that person has that physical end of life, there's that loving, beautiful energy that's there. And when families can feel that, I want that to be, I want everyone to know that that is part of that because we just don't see end of life anymore. You know, we don't talk about yeah. it. It's so dysfunctional right now. So that's there. And when you say that in that space of, yoga moving your body getting in tune bringing in that you feel sometimes those people here like tell her i love that beautiful loving energy and that's what you felt at the end of the movement um how it couldn't get better than that in my opinion so beautiful yeah so may we start with the definition of what trauma is for people so we can kind of unlock um how to do this a yeah
1: So there are a lot of different types of trauma and we could spend hours kind of going through them. But one of the things that stands out, and this even stood out to me when you're kind of introducing and recapping your work with end of life. And when you talk about how we don't go there and it's not really a part, one of the sort of qualifying criteria, even if you just go to the DSM, the book of diagnoses and look is exposure to death or threatened death. So when we have something happen that makes us feel threatened, makes us feel scared for our lives, Mm -hmm. um, that's typically something that could, doesn't have to, but could uh, lead to PTSD. Mm -hmm. So if you think of examples of of post-traumatic stress, and I always like to give like a content warning, even if I'm just going to talk about types of trauma, because people listening have probably had these types of trauma, and especially if you haven't had a lot of space to work through it even saying what happened could bring things up so there are things like veterans right people who are in combat who go to war and experience that there's sexual assault and rape there's all kinds of violence there's interpersonal violence there's you know the larger systems of oppression there's natural disasters like earthquakes and floods there's single incident accidents like cars, or if you almost drown. So there's so many ways that we can feel threatened and we can feel like our life is at stake. And sometimes I've even seen really classic PTSD symptoms with something that's maybe not life-threatening in the terms of your physical life, but is emotionally, socially life-threatening. If you're isolated, neglected, right? teased, left out. Those kind of things, in a way, evolutionarily speaking, if you were left out of the group, like you were more likely to die. So there can be that connection too, where your body, your whole being at some level feels threatened, feels like it was close to death and needed to sort of figure out a way to survive. Mm -hmm. that's, those are things that can lead to PTSD. And when we talk about classic, just sort of simple for lack of a better term, um, post-traumatic stress, people are experiencing intrusions, like thinking about something without wanting. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to reflect on my brother right now. It's like, I can't stop. The the image of him is coming to me while I'm trying to study. Right. Like that sort of interruptive dream or, or thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, avoidance right so people feel like this is too much I have to do like I just can't be with it it's too much to bear so we'll turn to um sometimes the healthy coping mechanisms like exercise or being social sometimes things that harm us like alcohol drugs Mm -hmm. sex spending working right there's something overwhelming intrusions some way to cope avoidance Um, usually when people have sort of classic PTSD, those they're, they're doing something that's harming them to avoid. Um, and then trauma can really change what's happening in our nervous system. So really stuck on on, or really stuck off or vacillating between the two or kind of feeling both at the same time. Um, so our nervous system is just dysregulated and can't really find that cool, calm every day. Okay. I've got some challenges, but I've got tools to work with it. I can rest, I can, you know, rise to the occasion. That's kind of that middle of the road functioning of our nervous system. We tend to be more on the extremes. And then the last thing is just changes in in our mood and our thoughts. So if you're used to being a pretty happy-go-lucky person, something happens. And all of a sudden you're um, very cynical or downtrodden all the time, or, you know, it actually shifts your everyday experience of life or your thoughts start to change. Some people start thinking about harming themselves, right? Even though they're escaping some kind of harm, it's just really feeling a lot of difficult feelings. So that's kind of the nutshell of what, how we would define trauma in a very clinical sense. But I find when I describe that, people are like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like everyone, everyone can be like, okay, check. Yeah, I've had, some some happen. had that happen. Oh, I've had that happen. Oh, I've had that
0: happen. Oh, me too, exactly. me too. Yeah, yeah. And it's from an end-of-life practitioner's point of view. It's interesting because we look at the whole life journey. There's something called a life review, and we help people to find, if we can, a, you know, the acceptance and make sense of things that have happened. And th- this, to me, and my belief system is part of the whole journey of life, is yeah. to go through these experiences. They're very, they can be very painful. Um, they're part of it to find our way back to that piece, that, that soul, that pure place underneath all the pain and underneath all of the false belief systems that we truly are get back to our home of ourselves. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's not, it's, it's part of the journey in my opinion of what this life is supposed to teach us. So trauma is part of it.
1: And I know not everyone experiences this, but for me and for other people I've known, like a friend of mine from UCLA actually, who lost her daughter about a year ago, really suddenly and tragically, it. there's so much, I felt so much love at the same time, like so much love that I almost didn't didn't feel as connected to these like everyday people around me, people I was working with, cause they were just sort of doing daily stuff. But I was like, I, I feel this like profound and I yes. think it's why I, I felt good working with kids because I could just love on them. Like they yes. needed it. I had it. It was like, I just felt so much of that. And I know, you know, I've heard from my friend as well, who lost her daughter. It's like, there's so much love rising up in the absence of this person that- yes and I know not everyone experiences that, but I've heard it enough. It's like, sometimes we'll call it post-traumatic growth or call it whatever you will, but it feels like there's some sense of a void. A person was taken or they left or it was their time or not. And then there's just this swelling in. <laughs> like if we can feel the pain and open to it, we can also receive so much love and support. And, and again, like, I don't want to, alienate people who don't feel that, but I want to really uh, validate people who do feel that because sometimes it's kind of a strange combo to be like, I'm so sad and devastated and heartbroken, but my heart has broken so wide open that everything is beautiful. And, Oof. right? Oof.
0: <laughs> what, if, what if we shared that information? So right now we're not talking about end of life. Most people haven't seen it. It's the number one fear in this world. What yeah. if we shared that as is part of it? Wow, I don't think we'd be afraid at all. In fact, we'd we'd look at this whole, whole thing with a much different perspective.
1: I feel like I have to share about my grandma. I don't know if I've shared about her with you, but she lived to almost 105. She just came in 2020. Yeah, I think the pandemic came and she was like, bye guys, I'm good. <laughs> good like, good luck. Good if luck. I'm happy to see you <laughs> for my birthday. I'll see you on the other side. Um, but I started going out to visit her for her birthday. She lived in New York and on Long Island. And I would, I would go out to visit her every year. And my whole family would go out to visit her every year. And she was like one of my favorite people to be with in the whole world. And it was because, you know, in her nineties and I didn't know her as much. We didn't go back and forth from coast to coast when I was a kid, just a couple times. But when I got older and i traveled to New York for work, whatever, I always go see her and we would just sit in her backyard on her little porch and it's like this tiny house, like one of the first houses in Shirley, New York, that like then they built out a little bit. Like you see the old pictures, there's nothing around, right? This little house, very modest, this little porch, simple chairs and an umbrella, little view of a fence and some trees. And we would just sit there and it was like the most majestic. She was like, look at the birds and the bees and the trees. She'd be like, some people don't see it. It's so beautiful. And I feel like like you were saying earlier, she had this experience where as she came closer to the end of her life, we didn't talk about death and dying, but she was so present in the moment and so appreciating her life now. I had this moment where I was like, I should record her talking about her life in Brooklyn. Like, let's let's do an interview. And she was like, eh, well, that stuff's done. We don't need to talk about it. Like, let's just be here. And
0: wow, the
1: birds and the bees and the trees. And I was like, oh yeah okay. Like that's, that's right. really mm-hmm. the lesson of it. And, and I just loved being around her because it was just enjoying what you had. And she would say things like, I had a good life and I have everything I need right here. And you know, I'd be in this, like, I'd be in this like struggle of like, Oh, I've got to do this. And I've got to do that. And she just be like I have everything I need. And I was like, yeah, you do. So I feel like there's this wisdom, like you said, the spirit kind of grows as the body diminishes, um, where she really brought that presence, even without lecturing me about it or describing it, I felt it and I loved being with her because of it.
0: I love her too. So, um, so my patients have said to me that, and what we've learned in all our time doing this work is that it's a frequency, it's a vibration Mm -hmm. that the, and I feel like that's what you get with that yoga mat when you're doing that you're tapping into a higher frequency of presence, of awareness. Literally you can, this is physics. So there is science that's tied to it, but they tell me and what I gather when when you're, so my patients sometimes who've gotten again in that space of end of life, they have said to me that that cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I used to think, how could they say that? And also when I worked in Thailand doing doula givers trainings and for a month over there, I remember this temple that had end of life care. The patients, and I sat with them in a group, they said, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life because they found that presence. Yeah. They found forgiveness. Forgiveness was a huge part, but they found the frequency of being present in the moment where the magic is happening. And also the other thing that they've taught me, which is so beautiful, is that there's actually two directionals that that guide us. And one is the ego programmed mental mind that's like always telling you, hurry, hurry, and having you scattered. And then there's the heart center, which is your true soul. And once the the ego dissolves and you get closer to that end of life or that aging, I feel like you just know that this is the truth and this is who you are. And there's so much peace and harmony and joy and love in that. And your grandmother was that example because she's right. Like, look at the magic everywhere, just right here.
1: Everywhere. And it's so nice to connect with that. Right. And I remember seeing yes. views, or, you know, a, a random bush of flowers on the way to yoga class and just feeling like my brother was in it or right. Like Absolutely. there's this connection that I think we can feel when we experience a personal loss. Yeah. And some levels, I think we're, we're probably scratching around, explaining it with, you know, quantum physics or whatever else. But at an experiential level, I think it's just so powerful I had this bird that like followed me around my entire drive from, from, I was driving from Seattle back to California and like all through Oregon,
0: this bird was flying over me. And I was just like... That's, that's that. So, that's <laughs> What we tell people too, is like to trust in your knowing. And I will tell my practitioners that your knowing is your best diagnostic tool bar none. Don't, don't try and get proof of it. What do you feel is happening? Yeah, What do you feel for you is happening? Is that bird? Yeah. Representing your loved one. Are you connected to all things? That's your truth. And that's where we get to, which is so beautiful. So I think for what we want to share with people's being on the inside of this is that it is a very challenging place to be in right now, this world. And it is very challenging to have people we love have their end of life. Right. But at the same time that you said, I love how you said it at the same time that it's so sad to say goodbye to that physical form there's something profound that can happen in that sacred space yeah to me you will never look at life the same way as when you are part and privileged to be in an end of life because of that profound love that breaks open to like unlimited levels of everything awareness, potential, and connection. So there's such a gift. And I just want to share one quick little story about it because it always confused me and it's so beautiful. There are a few times when I would come to pronounce um, somebody on hospice as a former hospice nurse who had died that night. And I remember this one where literally knock at the door that morning, had been there the day before. It was you know emotional and kind of rough. that, And they answered the door and they said, just like this, we haven't touched her. You have to see her, like happy. And so I go walking in, I'm getting chills as I say it walking behind them and walked into the room. And this woman was, you know, sitting with literally like a smile on her face and her white gown. She looked incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. So they told me the whole story that night. And there's, there's, you know, there's just fascinating things about stepping away from the bed and things like that. But when they found her like this and she looked so beautiful and loving, they will hold that in their hearts, that love, that peace, that serenity of seeing her forever so yeah. even though you know they had to say goodbye to someone left by the way it's 100 percent guaranteed we're all going to have that yeah. there's such a gift within the teachings of presence and love and connection that yeah. will enrich your life in ways that no school could ever do so mm-hmm. the fact that we've removed death from our world right now and mm-hmm. have made it the number one fear i believe is part of the huge chaos that we see out there so um, I love this conversation. I love the gifts that you've brought to share with people. So let's just talk about the trauma for a minute that um, people can heal, right? From trauma mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that it's a natural part of very fascinating. It's a natural part that we go through in the, in the journey of this world. But for me, I'm also finding that we have a very large, demographic um, that's suffering from grief trauma yep. because we don't talk about death because there's been those quick end of lives and because of also the last year the pandemic and things that we didn't have a way so can we talk a little bit about because I know there are ways that we can help them to move that and to heal and that it's a natural process along mm-hmm. with trauma and I know that you have a little um, gift for people at the end of today but let's We just want to give people that hope and that peace to know that it is a natural part of the experience but also that there are things that we can do that can take that energy and to help to shift it i mean i
1: want to say to start that just as you said we kind of dissociate oh yeah we are actually all going to go through this and um we're not always connected to our own fears but it can be just playing out through our lives um, and I think re-owning that and, and embracing that, and that might be through grieving someone else, that might be through facing your own mortality. I mean, I think we do face our own mortality when we lose other people or when we age or in, in different times and ways in life. But I think bringing it in, and you might have to pace it like okay, that's too much for today. Yeah. But but like not just pushing it away, because when we just push it away, like that's essentially avoidance and it just it's living there. Yeah. And it's operating through your life. Yeah. We're just not connected to it. And I think that's what you mean, where right. we're just kind of running amok because we're not just owning how valuable our life is, because
0: yeah.
1: it's terminal, right? Being a human is a terminal condition. We're all gonna go. So I would say to people who are grieving, one thing culturally too, is that grief can be, we can feel really sad. We can feel angry. We can feel all the feels. We can have no words for the feelings. Um, and, And at times grief is just heavy. It's like the sadness can be really heavy and no one sells a get heavy emotionally in 10 day program. Like everything we want to hear and feel in this culture is yeah. light and happy and airy and skipping. And I love light and happy and airy and skipping, but I also know that if I'm sad and feeling heavy, the last, the worst thing I can do is try to force the opposite. Correct. Right. I might be able to gradually move myself there in some days, but like, that's not always necessarily the goal. Even, Um, there's the aphorism, feel it to heal it, right. Where it's true, where we can feel like this sucks. I wish this didn't happen. I wish this person were still here. Like all these very human elements can exist right alongside. I feel you here with me. I feel you here with me. Come back. What the hell, (laughs) right? Like we can be in that, in that and more places at once. And I think it's actually super important to honor, the heaviness yes. to be with people who can just be with you in that, be loving in that, not try to fix it, not try to change it. Cause we can't, we're not going to, you might have a great dream visit, but we're not going to like bring this person back <laughs> or rewind time. Like if you figured that out, let me know. But, um, but yeah. I don't even know if we would want to do that. Like there's um, I'm sure some people would, but point being, like, to embrace um, to embrace the suck of it a little bit, right? And and that's actually, I think, what allows us to move things through. And one of the one of the beautiful things about yoga, I think, is it creates this really loving sacred space mm-hmm. where we have permission and sometimes even invitation to do that, to yes. just breathe. Yes. Oh, I'm feeling tension. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I feel this like I'm gonna cry. What happens if you soften rather than stiffen up around that? What if you let it flow through you? Often the biggest relief. The days where I've just felt down and I've like sat in it, I wake up the next morning feeling lighter, right? Right. Which is the thing that we want, the you know, the thing that sells. But but there's a processing that happens. And so I think in terms of like tools for yoga one of the things like i talk a lot in the language of the nervous system right
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, trauma therapy and yoga speak a lot in the language of our nervous systems <clears throat> being our brain and our, our whole body the nerves go throughout the body and throughout all our organs and all that stuff so if because of the trauma we're really amped up or more common with grief we're real, feeling really low we can use yoga to create space for how we feel to meet our bodies and ourselves and our emotions where we are Mm -hmm. and to be with it gently, you know? So if there's a day where you're feeling really low, but like you have to show up for your kid, you have to go to work. You can't lay in bed all day, getting onto your yoga mat, doing some like cat cow positions, doing a down dog, maybe some super gentle back bends to kind of lift your chest some little bit bigger in in general for people, there are these just simple physiological ways and energetic ways. We can kind of breathe a little life
0: yes. into our
1: bodies yeah. so that we can be there for our kid and not abandon them or, you know, make things more challenging. Yeah. So I think with, with grief, you know, yoga allows us to be with those feelings, to not totally separate from them. And it can help us, manage where our nervous system is yeah. so that we can continue to function to the degree that we need to in life and i also think for people who have the the ability or, or the capacity given your circumstances there's a lot of wisdom at times like well someone who's grieving will be like oh they're depressed it's like they might actually need to cocoon for a while and mm-hmm. all this energy is going in to reorganize they had this huge heart connection with someone that's like kind of flailing and trying to figure out where it goes and what to do with it. Like, if you just give some time, no, I'm not saying like be clinically depressed for years and, and don't do anything about sure. it. Definitely get help in this too. Yeah. Definitely get support. But yeah. like, we don't normalize as a culture that sometimes you need to hold up and that's okay. Like, look at what animals do when they're grieving or when they're hurt, like it's they so do hard. hold up. And they yeah. they they use the energy internally, <laughs> emotionally, yeah. psychically, physically, to sort of allow for some level of restoration so that they can kind of rejoin maybe more of what their life was like before. I mean, I think it goes forward, it doesn't go back, but you get know what I'm saying, right?
0: Yeah, 2.0, 3.0, a 4.0 version. But yeah, we have to, we have to go within to, to then raise up again. So I think that for me, again, working in this space, a lot of times, and this is probably going to sound crazy that I hear this, but people literally are given like a two week period when someone dies, they have their services. And then people have said to them, you're not over that. Like, then you need to go back to work and it doesn't work that way. So we want to let people know this conversation is so important to have because number one, we're all in this together, what we can learn, but also the compassion and how it really works. It doesn't work that way. And there's not one size that fits all. So we don't want people to feel that they have to pretend or, or that something's wrong with them, that they're they're hurting. So I love that you gave them. And what else I hear keep hearing from you is the thread of love throughout yoga, that creating that energetic space where it allows the safety for the movement of some of these things to come up with no judgment. And I love that Lisa, it's so great, so important. Now, I just want to talk about the nervous system because I think people don't fully understand how this beautiful vehicle works and how sensitive it is. And so we're bombarded by stimuli and stress, especially in this world that we're living in at this moment. So you're constantly in a fight or flight on some level or kicking out like this amount of stress and grief as part of that. Your body can't work like that. It can't sustain that. It's not healthy. So literally you're telling people how to calm that down and to get that nervous system in a safe place so that it can recalibrate and to live a healthier, happier um, existence like we were meant to. But we have so yeah. many bombarding us. Yeah. And there's techniques that can do that.
1: There's definitely techniques. And I think that one of the most common, like before we had research on yoga specifically for PTSD and for trauma recovery We had research on yoga and stress, right? Mm -hmm. People who were self-reporting, oh, I feel stressed. I feel overwhelmed. I, you know, it's like, and then they do a yoga class and then they feel more soothed. And I think one of the, one of the biggest mechanisms physiologically of this is our breath. And that's something that's always with us until it's not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. But it's a tool, like you can't say digest faster, digest slower, but you can say breathe faster, breathe slower, or you can check in am I breathing? I mean, I still have to do this every day. Cause yeah. I, I learned the term recently, maybe about a year ago, email apnea, where people actually are on email and they stop breathing. Like they just aren't breathing because they're so yeah. in
0: their right. inbox.
1: Yeah. And so like, that's, I mean, is it Crazy. Maybe, maybe they're feeling a fight or flight because they got triggered by an email, but maybe they're just not really breathing. And so not. Like simple as, am I
0: breathing yeah. like checking in with your checking in with yourself a few because we we don't know how to breathe we honestly don't know how to breathe well and we we override I
1: think to your point of that sort of fight or flight or that intensity and that that mental everything in the drive and then we've got to do stuff I mean it's very American too I mean I guess some people would say it's very western I don't know I guess it depends on where you are how how you would refer to it but it's just this very like I've got to do things I've got to make things I've got to I've got to accomplish something to assert my worth or something like that, right? But when we're in an intense state like that, or when we're really in our inbox, I guess, we just breathe shallow or we stop like, and just think about oxygen, carbon dioxide too, are so important and our levels of the two are so important in our bodies. And so when we slowly, calmly inhale, easy exhale, We're just letting our body do its thing and find what it needs, like find a good basis of those levels. And some of you might've read like in recent research and books, like if you have higher levels of carbon dioxide, that can actually put you into a panic attack. So if someone's just in a chair and they get carbon dioxide, you know, put in in their lungs, they'll go into panic. And so if you're starting to feel like, "Ah, ah, ah," like, Breathe out, (laughs) breathe out, breathe breathe in, breathe breathe out, yeah. And it can actually really help. And the sooner people notice, because once you get to a certain like tipping point of a panic attack, I think it's really hard to do this. But when you do it sooner, Mm -hmm. you can you can totally cognitively and with that that somatic practice, just that awareness of breath and easy breathing, you can work your way around that and maybe deal with if there's a fear there or there's a thought there or there's something else you can deal with that aside but you don't have to physiologically get to that point. And I do think when we have a lot of trauma and we're not aware of our nervous systems and we're not aware of how things work, like this stuff's just going on in the background and we're like, how come I don't feel it? I feel like I can't breathe. Well, maybe there's some stuff there. And that's where I think like clinical support is really helpful because a the therapist can help you kind of figure out, well, what are the triggers and what is this memory? If you've had medical trauma, some people I've worked with have almost drowned. So it's like, there can be a lot tied up in that really deep state of your body wanting to keep itself alive and your body trying, trying yeah. to work these things out um, in those types of symptoms. So, so something as simple as just easy breathing
0: yes. can help us in so many ways. So I love the surrounding with love in a safe place and checking in with yourself. What do I need? And I love the breathing because pe- people really have to calm the body down. Cause let's just, sh- so your personal experiences in trauma but what about just putting on the news? What oh, about yeah. just, I mean, everything is pinging this horrendous amount of stress, um, social media, the whole thing, it's like you see things in real time. So we have to take care of this beautiful vehicle and and your nervous system is a really big part of that. So I love the breathing, breathing. Let's talk about your program. So so it's so exciting, tell us about your program and tell us about how we can join when the next session is, please. Yeah, so I developed
1: an eight week training program that goes through foundations of health, understanding trauma, understanding our nervous systems in light of trauma, understanding yoga philosophy, yoga postures more complicated things like dissociation, we talk about research, and then we also have a practicum for people at the end to practice what they've learned. So it's an eight week program, it's primarily um, yoga teachers and mental health professionals who are in there, but we don't have sort of exclusionary, we have more inclusionary um, kind of uh, uh, settings or whatever you wanna call it. So we also have some allied health professionals, definitely some folks working in hospice in there. Um, and I, what I always hear from people at the end of the program is like, wow, I didn't realize how much I was gonna get out of this going through it. It's mostly people who are looking for professional training, wanna help other people, which is great because like we wanna help other people so much and like this is our one precious life. So I'm really happy that when people finish, they can be like, wow, this actually helped me or my partner or my family. Um, because trauma just happens to all of us. Absolutely. If we we know about it and we know some of the ways it manifests, we can just go, oh, that's what that is. Here are these tools. Here's how I can work through it. So it has um, lecture. It has video yoga practices that you can follow along with that have themes. There's also reading and reflection questions as part of the training. So it's very like all the stuff I learned all the stuff i loved pouring it out to you um
0: Absolutely. and letting you sort of absorb and
1: digest it over the course of the eight weeks
0: oh my gosh it sounds great and it sounds like you know when people have their own transformations they make the best teachers yeah so so it, it's it's wonderful when does that next session start monday
1: september 13th
0: okay perfect and how can people sign up
1: um so you can go to howwecanheal.com, um, okay. So that's the main website. If you go to backslash Y4T, or you can go to the little drop down and go to Y4T online training program, then that'll tell you all about the program. It'll walk through all the eight weeks, it'll give you all the info you need. Um, and you can click through there to, um, depending on when our enrollment is open, either enroll or get on the um, wait list or apply.
0: Love it so much. Now, Lisa, you also did something very special for our listeners. You have something, a gift for them. Can you tell them about that, please?
1: Yes. So my second book is called How You Can Heal. Um, My first book was about yoga and trauma. My third book is about yoga and trauma. This book is meant to just be kind of a download of tools and it follows the chakra system. So it's tools for grounding and centering and just a whole brainstorm of ways you can use your body, ways you can use different techniques to support yourself and to support other people who are going through trauma. So One of the things we didn't get into too much is we talk about treating trauma, but we sometimes forget as like mental health clinicians and doctors and everyone, we're so focused on like, what's the problem, what's the problem? But like, what's the opposite of the problem? That's a very yogic way to think. Let's like flip it, what's the opposite? So a big important thing is resourcing, right? Sometimes we talk about this in terms of self-care, but it's like psychologically resourcing yourself. So the whole book is psychological resources. I feel really good about sharing it because I don't have to give a trigger warning. <laughs> it's like yeah. all the positive, good stuff that can support you and can support me. It. And it's just full of, tool, full of tools. So you can go through and find which chakra you need or which tool you need in the moment and just download that as you uh,
0: I love it so much. And how can people get that?
1: Um, so you can go to howwecanheal.com. I think I'll set up backslash doula givers.
0: Perfect. So what we'll do is we'll have all of your links below for everyone's for easy finding. And we want to thank you for that gift. And I want to thank you just for the platform and the work that you do because it is so needed and so important. And I think you're just at the very beginning of, of how you're going to be doing so much more and helping so many more people because we all have trauma. Yes. And it's okay. And it's and it like you're saying, it's okay. And we and we can and we can heal from it with the right love and techniques. And we can just include it
1: right we can just include it on our journey it doesn't have to be fragmented in a way it can just be part of who we are part of life I think there are some cultures that are better of just like including all of it like you know even with death including death in our experience and then we can move forward together so thank you too for all of your work and for having me here it's just such an honor and I'm so glad you're doing everything you're doing
0: Thank you so very much. Okay, so you will have all the links for all the gifts and how you can join in the program below. Lisa, thank you so very much for being a guest on Ask a Doula Giver. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Susan. I've got uh, my water bottle. That's
0: right, <laughs> drink, drink water, drink water. All right, everyone, thank you so very much. This was Ask a Doula Giver. My name is Susanne O'Brien. I will see you in the next episode. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you.